right, I have 15 minutes to talk about how much I hate the government and central banks. Police state and the regulations and the taxes and all the enforcement and, the pol and all that. People don't know how close we are to major catastrophic collapses right now in both the f uh, financial system, the economic systems, the monetary system, uh, the euro, for example. I don't know if it'll make it through 2016 or the way it's going. Well, I actually expect it to get worse. Uh, if it doesn't, 2016 is going to be a bloodbath. I think everyone uh, should uh, look at these substances. These are ancient medicinal substances that have been used for a millennia. Uh, and there's things like ayahuasca and aboga. And I've tried both now, and uh, they've definitely created a lot of change in me. This is Kurt Robinson here for the Paradise Paradox, and we're here with Jeff Berwick, the Dollar Vigilante. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Good. So how, how have you enjoyed the conference? It's been good. I've uh, attended two past Bitcoin conferences here in Mexico City uh, the last two years, and I spoke at both of those as well. And uh, this, is the first, this is the biggest by far, uh, the Latin American Bitcoin conference, and uh, uh, definitely uh, growing interest here in, in Mexico of Bitcoin, but still very small uh, in overall terms, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Great. Uh, so, so um, how do you see the, the how do you see Bitcoin as a technology uh, transforming, say, especially the the poor communities in Mexico and, and Latin America? What kind of effect do you think it'll have? Well, uh, the one thing I like to say to people who are have no money and they're wondering about Bitcoin or wondering about what's going to happen with fiat currencies is, well, you have nothing to lose, so that's good. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, people who are less well off, of course, there's uh, some potential advantages, of course. Uh, many people who don't have uh, much uh, money or any sort of job that uh, can be verified and things like that, they have a difficult time getting bank accounts. So definitely Bitcoin can be a solution in those terms, uh, but of course, uh, you need a certain amount of Bitcoin uptake uh, here in Mexico before that becomes very viable. I think the true area that has uh, the most uh, potential uh, in Mexico is the remittance market, which is billions and billions of dollars a year. A lot of Mexicans go to other places, including the U.S. and Canada, although they don't go as much anymore. In fact, they're going less. They're actually returning to Mexico now because the economy is so bad in the U.S., and the uh, police state and the regulations and the taxes and all the enforcement and all that. Uh, so a lot of people are coming back. But there's still a lot of Mexicans who live around the world. They have jobs and they uh, send money back here to Mexico. And if anyone has ever used Western Union, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, it's very expensive. Um, a lot of documentation required, as, as usual. So Bitcoin uh, should be a, a big... Uh, thing that catches on here in terms of remittances as it makes it so much easier to remit funds. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I saw an RT the other day that were, they were saying the, the statistic was that not, not just uh, uh, Mexicans returning to, to Mexico, but also from all over the um, all over like Western Europe, uh, people are coming back to, to Latin America uh, to, to live. And I guess it, it, it shows that um, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it, I think people value liberty like even subconsciously they they have that in their mind 
Well, once you are, well, here in Mexico, as you know, you spend a lot of time here. Uh, there's definitely a great amount of personal freedom. You don't really see a lot of government or police uh, uh, really harassing you like you do in the U.S. But I know many Mexicans who have moved to the U.S. and they've moved back to Mexico. And part of the reason, there's two reasons, almost always the same two reasons. One is the economy's not doing very well there. And the other one is there's not much freedom there. They're getting constantly pulled over, checked. Uh, the people are raiding the places where they work, making sure they have the proper documents from the authorities. Uh, so, but the, uh, as far as the economy goes, the Mexico economy has actually done fairly well the last few years. Uh, not many people know the Mexican stock market is up hundreds of percent in the last uh, seven or eight years, I believe, at least in the last 10 years, uh, whereas the U.S. market is basically flat over the last, uh, since 2008 uh, or 2007, I guess. And um, so a lot of people are moving back because there's a lot more opportunity here. Mexico's definitely, uh, they started privatizing a lot of things. They just privatized the oil market, which is uh, good, very good. And that's creating, going to create a lot of activity, a lot of jobs. Uh, here in Mexico City, there's uh, a fair amount of business being done. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's not like a lot of people think Mexico is this poor country or anything. In fact, some people have done the numbers, and your average Mexican has about the same net worth as the average American as far as the middle class goes, uh, because so many Americans are so in debt. Mm, yeah, yeah. So uh, we we watched all your. Meet the videos and and uh, we, yeah, we saw how you you were tentatively saying that it it looks like something big was going to happen in September, um, and from from some perspectives it, it didn't, but then there were a, a, a lot of little things like little little chinks in the armor of this financial system. Uh, do do you think it uh, can can you speculate on whether it will get worse um, by the end of the year? Like right now, we're in the start of December. Yeah, it's totally possible. I actually expect it to get worse. If it doesn't, 2016 is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, as far as picking September, I, I said that there's a possibility in September, according to some uh, timelines of the financial elites, that uh, they could be planning some sort of thing in September. Uh, it turned out that there was major market crashes all around the world in late August, so a few weeks earlier. Uh, but then it did rebound in October, so I'm expecting that rebound. It looks like it's pretty much running out right now. Uh, and I expect major, major problems throughout Europe and uh, the U.S. Uh, in the coming months and definitely in 2016. This is uh, People don't know how close we are to major catastrophic collapses right now in both the f uh, financial system, the economic systems, the monetary system, uh, the euro, for example. I don't know if it'll make it through 2016 or the way it's going. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks de desperate, like you were saying in, in your speech. All the pigs are looking just just awful. They're getting slaughtered. So, uh, so do you think that um, with with the videos that you produced and the, the extra attention that that you and uh, what's his name, Jonathan Khan, yeah, uh, brought to the, to to the, this kind of events, uh, do you think that uh, that could have affected the way that the people who pull the strings are, are thinking? Well, I haven't actually said this in public before or even written about it, but I have had uh, numerous high-level people tell me that they were planning to do something in September, October, and they decided to wait a little bit because too many people were paying attention to it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but these are there's at least two high-level people, I can, can't even mention their names, who actually feed me a fair amount of information because they're on our side, but they are very close to the financial elites. And they both told me that, that uh, they uh, put things off until 2016 because everyone was watching this fall after uh, what we put out.
<laughs> okay, okay, great. I guess it shows how much uh, alternative media can have an effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you as well. Yesterday I, I asked and Andreas Antonopoulos if he's ever taken psychedelic drugs, and he he declined to, to respond uh, for you know for obvious reasons. Uh, but but you're quite open about your um, use of of um, say shamanic medicine such as ayahuasca. Uh, would you ever recommend someone say who is maybe starting out as an entrepreneur? Do you think that that something like psychedelic drugs could help them in their path? Well, I'm not sure just for entrepreneurs. I think everyone uh, should uh, look at these substances. These are ancient medicinal substances that have been used for a millennia. Uh, and there's things like ayahuasca and aboga. And I've tried both now. And uh, they've definitely created a lot of change in me. Uh, they've improved uh, how I feel, how I think, um, um, my, even physically. Uh, the aboga was an incredible uh, f uh, physical detox uh, that I felt brand new afterwards. Um, but these are not things to be taken lightly at the same time. They're, they're incredibly serious. It's not something to do for fun. Um, if you do, uh, ayahuasca is not too bad, and we're actually going to have one at our upcoming conference in Acapulco. We haven't even announced yet in uh, Acapulco, Mexico. We're going to be doing an ayahuasca ceremony at the end of the conference. Uh, it lasts about six hours, and for some people, they, they enjoy it. But I, for me, I've done it twice, and it was like torture. But I, I felt like I got something out of it at the end of it. I felt like I... I, what you, it's really you spend a lot of time just psychoanalyzing yourself uh, for hours and hours, and it's really torturous, actually. But I find uh, with the aboga especially, that was like taking 10 years of psychoanalysis in two days, and that's why it was so torturous. It's a, it's a grueling experience. But, uh, you know, it's very interesting that the government, uh, you know, doesn't want you to know about these sort of things, and in fact, they're actually illegal in places like the U.S., where everything's illegal in the land of the free. But... Uh, you know, but they want you on things like Adderall and Prozac, and all these things are incredibly dangerous chemicals that uh, really, uh, you know, most of the people who do school shootings and things like that end up being on these drugs, but that's never mentioned. Uh, one of the side effects of things like Prozac and Adderall and uh, other antidepressants is suicidal tendencies. So the pharmaceutical uh, community, or whatever you want to call it, the uh, industry, uh, which works with the government, uh, they're intent on just having you on all these uh, chemicals, uh, which actually make you sicker and sicker. And even a thing like marijuana is a natural flower, a natural plant, which has countless medicinal properties, including curing cancer. So that's why they don't want people to know about that. It also cures numerous other things. Um, and so that's why they try to keep it uh, as illegal or out of the hands of the public as possible, because even, even if something like medicinal marijuana, which is just marijuana, they just say it's medicinal, to make older people feel better about it for some weird reason. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the amount of uh, things it can cure or fix is uh, so countless almost that it would almost destroy the pharmaceutical industry if uh, everyone who had some sort of illness, whether it be diabetes, cancer, stress, uh, depression, all sorts of other things, if they used uh, medicinal, medicinal marijuana or even cannabis oil, which is even better, uh, they, they wouldn't want any of those really dangerous chemicals, which actually never cure the actual problem. They only cure the symptom of the problem, which keeps you going and going on all these pills until you eventually die and you're broke, which is what they want. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> can, can you picture, uh, like, can you picture a world in which psychiatrists actually prescribe things like MDMA, LSD, ayahuasca, iboga? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's actually happening right now. Uh, there's a huge uh, movement in the psychiatric uh, community towards uh, uh, investigating things like Iboga, Ayahuasca, uh, numerous other things like it. Uh, there's actually an Iboga, World International Iboga Conference here in Mexico in uh, March uh, with, with all kinds of psychiatrists, scientists that are all looking into it because, uh, for example, for, for PTSD, which is normally most people have PTSD, it's because of the government and their war uh, fare and uh, going around and killing people around the world for governments. Uh, and they have PTSD because they have post-traumatic stress disorder because they've been torturing and killing people, which is evil and heinous, and they should have that PTSD, really. Uh, but things like Iboga can actually cure that, whereas uh, a lot of these pharmaceuticals they put them on actually uh, is really bad. And finally, some scientists and some doctors, not all, of course, are starting to realize this and starting to investigate natural means, which is always way better than chemical or uh, genetically modified means, uh, to uh, treat certain uh, disorders and symptoms and illnesses. Uh, if you look at the U.S. even, the amount of people on antidepressants, I believe, is like 20% of people in the U.S. or, or more than that of women. Um, and, you know, the real reason that most people are depressed in the U.S. is because they live in one of the most fascist, communist police states in the world. Uh, they're being tracked and, and, and looked at and fined and taxed and regulated everywhere they go. You can't even drive down the street without looking for a cop. Uh, so they, they say, oh, I feel kind of depressed. It's like, yeah, because you live in a fascist, communist police state. But then they go to the doctor and he goes, oh, well, here, take this really super dangerous chemical, which will probably kill you in the end or make you kill other people. Uh, so, yeah, the whole system screwed up, and uh, but more and more people are waking up to it. So uh, definitely do your own research, look into things. Thankfully, thankfully we have the Internet, uh, and there is other options out there for almost everything, and pretty much whatever the government says and anything the media says and what most uh, people in universities, scholars and all those sort of people say, uh, it's mostly all wrong or, or uh, totally uh, evil. Okay, okay, all these uh, established power structures trying to maintain it in any way they can. Yeah, you know, what? I, one thing I love about Mexico is you, there's always a, a herbalist around or a homeopath uh, or there's there's a million uh, alternative treatments that you can get, shamanistic magnetic therapy and all this stuff. So I, I don't know if all of it works, but it's great to have the, the choice. Yeah, the uh, most of the uh, cancer clinics uh, for natural treatments of cancer are here in Mexico uh, that Americans go to because it's illegal in the U.S. So anytime anyone finds a cure for cancer, and there's numerous and numerous of them, uh, they make it illegal in the U.S. because that will destroy the entire cancer industry, which is huge, multi-billion dollar industry. That's why uh, wearing those little pink uh, socks or the pink headbands or whatever uh, once a year, or growing a mustache in November, you're just a pawn, a slave, an idiot to a really corrupt, evil system. Uh, there is cures out there, but they have to actually go. Many of the doctors actually come to Mexico uh, because Mexico doesn't have anywhere near the level of fascism as the U.S., and so they uh, don't outlaw almost any of these things. Uh, so even things like iboga and ayahuasca and all that are not illegal here in Mexico. And uh, so that's uh, why a lot of people come to a place like Mexico uh, and are leaving the U.S., because you can't actually get treated for, for cancer properly in the U.S. Uh, the main way to treat it is one of the most... Uh, 
uh, horrible, heinous uh, things you can do, which is chemotherapy, which is essentially radiating your entire body because part of your body has cancer and it kills pretty much everything else in your entire body. And it also kills the cancer for a period of time sometimes, but it's pretty much a death sentence for most people. And uh, they just don't want people to know it's a, it's a incredibly evil system. But uh, thankfully down here in Mexico, that's why I spend a lot of time down here as probably you as well, is uh, you, you were not surrounded by all these uh, police state and regulations and rules and government uh, three-letter agencies. There really isn't anything like that down here, and that's uh, why I much prefer it uh, to the U.S. Yeah, great. Thank, thanks so much, Jeff. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Paradise Paradox for another exciting episode. So remember, you missed you missed out on, well, perhaps you missed out on the Latin American Bitcoin conference where we, we met a lot of interesting people, people focusing on uh, disrupting existing established power structures and turning uh, turning them into some kind of revolution into some or an evolution into something completely new and different. Uh, but you haven't missed out on Anarchapulco, so you can head on over to www.anarchapulco.com, A-N-A-R-C-H-A-P-U-L-C-O.com, and uh, you can check out the lineup. You can see there's a lot of interesting speakers there, like uh, a lot of liberty-minded people, like Rose, uh, Adam Kokesh, uh, Joby Weeks, uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, free-thinking individuals, people looking to the future, what what, what the world is going to be like uh, when Bitcoin and other technologies transform it into something new and exciting. Uh, so that's a, a great, uh, a great event. We went this year. Aaron and I went this year, and it was fantastic. Um, I've never, I've, I've never been to another event that's quite like it. I've, I've never been to an event that's anything like it. Uh, <laughs> but there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of community, uh, a good feeling, a feeling of, of kinship because you're among peaceful people, people who've decided to, to live their lives in a peaceful way and not advocate violence against anything, uh, anybody. Um, and that's what liberty is all about. So for freedom, freedom for everybody. Uh, so it's, it's an incredible event and uh, I, I re- highly recommend it. So go over to the site, anarchapulco.com and uh, use the code PARADISE and you can get a 10% discount. So uh, head on over to anarchapulco.com and do that. Also, you can buy some uh, some T-shirts off us. So, so um, I know a lot of you out there support uh, alternative currencies or the sound of money like uh, gold, silver, and Bitcoin. And so you can buy our real money T-shirts now. Just head on over to theparadiseparadox.com and buy one of those amazing shirts. Uh, wear it around the street and show your show your Bitcoin pride. Flash it to everyone to see, especially all the grannies. Okay, and head on over to theparadiseparadox.com slash 77. Theparadiseparadox.com slash 77. Two candy canes, two walking sticks, 77. Lucky number seven. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>